Welcome to Sister Scriptorians, where we are devoted to learning, likening, and lifting others one principle at a time. Episode 129, We've All Been Invited. So in Alma's address to the church in Zarahemla, which by the way is important, Alma isn't addressing non-believers, but he's addressing those who claim to have had the same purpose and claim to be pointed in the same direction and that being towards Jesus Christ. But remember, Alma is attempting through the word of God to cleanse the church of pride and inequality. And he began by asking them to remember Remember our fathers and their deliverance from bondage, how God's word awakened their hearts and the application of his word delivered them, that miracles had taken place in the lives of their fathers, and Alma asked the people to remember the Lord's mercy and long-suffering towards them, how their souls were enlightened and their souls expanded and they knew of redeeming love, and can the people of Zarahemla now be awakened? Do they desire a change? Do they desire to receive his image in their countenance, stripping themselves of pride and envy, treating their brethren with mercy, becoming humble and being cleansed until they can stand blameless before God? Today, we're going to learn that this invitation is extended to all and that this invitation to repent, 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 and be saved is to everyone. But who is the inviter? And why should the invitation be appealing to us? Let's first look at the way the inviter is doing the inviting. Because that makes the difference, right? If you look on Pinterest, there are all sorts of fancy ways to invite people to join your party. And it can be delivered to you in person or a surprise on your doorstep or by mail or email or text. Or I don't know, maybe they even still do pigeons. But this invitation is delivered by him the Lord of Lords, and he delivers it with his arms of mercy extended towards each and every one of us. It's personal. And I want you to take a minute and imagine opening your front door to him. And there he is standing there before you. He came to you and you answered the door to him. And his eyes are focused on you and his arms are reaching out to you to pull you into him, willing to take you as you are and include you. You don't need to go buy a new dress. You don't need to bring any fancy stuff. He just wants you to come. It's an invitation given by a humble man. You don't feel like he's too good for you because here he is right in front of you. He came to pick you up. When I think about how this might feel, I imagine the image of a young child. In my mind, it's like toddler age. And how when they want you, they want you. You're their only focus. And their eyes are locked on you. And they have chosen you as theirs. And they aren't thinking about your imperfections. And they aren't comparing your appearance or labels. They don't care about your accomplishments and possessions compared to others. They just want you. And they reach their arms out towards you, desiring your embrace. 
desiring you to pick them up. And how for a moment your heart melts by their full acceptance and love for you. That's what I imagine as I read verse 33. And in verse 34, we read what our host is willing to serve us once we accept his invitation. Yes, there's going to be treats at this gathering. And those treats will include the fruit of the tree of life, along with the bread and water of life. So let's take a moment to consider what our host is serving. He is serving us the fruit of the tree of life, or in other words, his love. His pure love that we often call charity. And remember how Lehi's dream in that this fruit is most desirable. It is white to exceed all whiteness, and it is most sweet. In fact, this fruit, or the love of Jesus Christ, is desirable to make one happy and to fill our souls with exceedingly great joy. How else would you describe God's love, right? And along with that fruit is the bread of life, which symbolizes Jesus Christ himself. He is literally offering himself up to you for your nourishment, to give you life, to fill you, never leaving you hungry or wanting for anything other than him. It is his atonement and him wholly and completely he offers it to us, accompanied by the waters of life. Or in other words, the teachings of Jesus Christ that are essential to sustain eternal life. And this water, it refreshes us and it restores. It quenches our thirst for other methods. And this water is available in abundance and it's offered freely to us. His pure love, his atonement, and his teachings, when we partake of these things, Fill us, and we are satisfied. No wonder Alma desired the people of Zarahemla to come and partake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Their pride was leaving them empty and malnourished. Lasting joy could not be found in the competition of wealth obtaining, the despising of their brethren, the mocking of one another, and the contention that they felt towards one another. It was making them hollow and hungry. And the teachings of Nehor had removed the ever-sustaining nourishment of the bread of life and the refreshing, thirst-quenching waters of life, removing our dependence on eternal life's nutrients, leaves us exposed to the unsatiating foods of the world's religion, of pride and riches. And it leaves us malnourished and suffering starving and intoxicated. And just like any party that we're invited to, a gift from us would be proper etiquette. Like if you go to a birthday party, you bring a birthday gift. If you go to like a New Year's Eve party, maybe you bring an appetizer. You participate in some way. And instead of us needing to rack our brains to think about what do you bring the guy who has everything, in fact, he's created everything, we're told that what is required of us is our works of righteousness. And I think of this as being our virtuous thoughts 
that fill us with the feelings of the Spirit that direct us and lead us to do works of righteousness in the name of Jesus Christ. For Jesus Christ is our host, and it is His love, atonement, and teachings that He freely and abundantly is offering us. He is the Good Shepherd who continues to call after us, calling us in His own name. And for those of us who have taken upon ourselves the name of Jesus Christ, we should recognize the call. And though I believe each and every one of you who are listening to this podcast, I believe that you desire to hearken to his voice, but you know that there's a competing voice and there is a competing fold that distracts our attention from the good shepherd's fold. And it's a fold that allures, but it doesn't satisfy. We know it. Yet we can be distracted by it, and it affects our works. It bleeds into everyday actions, leaving us disappointed and perhaps ashamed with the feeling of lacking. But you know, staying on the outskirts of shame, it just isn't necessary. Because the invitation is to all, remember? And the love that you seek and the bread and water you're desperately in need of are there in great abundance at his party. So just like I mentioned yesterday, we all truly desire to act in love. I believe that. And there are a variety of obstacles that get in our way from experiencing and acting in this regard. And that's why I've invited you to join me for a week-long training next week on how to confidently create, on how to become clear and intentional on what you desire, and then concentrate your efforts in creating that for yourself. The difference in this training when you compare it to others that teach about goal setting is that we will intentionally involve our personal revelation and we will reserve a place for Jesus Christ front and center to work with us. For just $25, you will learn the steps to take to gain momentum in your creating. And you'll have an opportunity to experience the coaching that I provide. Volunteers are going to be welcome, but even observing coaching can give us the nudge we need to course correct. But I hope that you'll volunteer. I'm not scary. (laughs) And I think it would be good to be able to have that personal nudge to work things out and to be able to leave the call feeling like you have your feet underneath you and you know what to do and you're excited to go and do it. That's the benefit of coming to a training like this. The knowledge that you need to be able to gain for yourself so that you can get unstuck. So the training begins Monday, February 22nd, and it begins at 1030 Mountain Standard Time. And I'll make myself available all the way until noon, as long as there are people who desire to be coached. This will go throughout the week until Friday, when you, if you've chosen to apply this work, are going to feel a focus and know how to be able to move forward. So before you get distracted, go to sisterscriptorians.com and sign up to join me next week. This is going to be the fresh start that you've been craving. 